This week on Erotic Awakening, Embracing Your Slavehood, Part 2. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. How are you? I'm doing good. Are you all rested up after the holiday weekend? <laughs> I'm getting there. Still a little tired, so but it was a long weekend. It was a long weekend for you. I understand that you went to a holiday Christmas party and gave... Santa a blowjob. <laughs> I did, actually. <laughs> so, it was a candy cane log, though. That's what you keep saying. I think no. I'm going to put a picture up of you giving Santa head. Yeah. And we'll let our audience decide whether it was <laughs> a candy cane or just what St. Nick calls his <laughs> Johnson. He was a naughty Santa. I, I, I think I might be getting a, a Santa fetish. <laughs> Do you think many of the people that were on Santa's lap were... Nice, or were most of them naughty? Uh, yeah, we were mostly naughty. So, yeah, some got spankings. I just wish I had thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> not terribly surprising, I suppose. No, not with that group. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned that we sent a corset out to the MSDB BDSM club. They were doing a charity to help the uh, NCSF National Coalition of Se- Sexual Freedom. Mm-hmm. They wrote us back and they said that. They picked up $1,700 in their charity drive. So hopefully the corset went for a good dollar and helped out a donation for the NCSF. So, and it's a great cause. So, you know, if you get a chance to contribute to the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom, I highly recommend it. It helps groups like us running this podcast. If the man came down on us and said, hey, you guys can't talk about that stuff on the air, that would be a group that would be willing to assist us and assist our rights as kinky citizens. Right. So that's something worth checking out. What else you got going on? Well, we do have the MS Chat coming up this uh, this Sunday, actually. Yep. Here in uh, central Ohio, we are going to sit around and talk about masters and slaves. It's not a play party. Mm-mm. It's not a top and bottom. It's not, how do I use this flogger? No, it is masters and slaves, and it's kind of like a round table atmosphere, and we just get to talk about master and slave issues and how to live it 24-7 and the different things that we run into and... You know, we just give each other advice and we're just there for each other. Yep. If that's something that you think you'd be interested in, feel free to drop us a line. We still have some slots open. And it doesn't require any background whatsoever. If you are just Mm -hmm. mildly curious, feel free to come over and hear what that's about. And as this is going out on probably the last chance we'll have to say this, I wanted to wish you and any of our our listeners out there that dig this kind of stuff <laughs> a happy yule happy yule merry christmas yep happy holidays, holidays and everything else i'm sure there's hanukkah in there somewhere there's solstice there's all kinds of holidays happening right now so whatever yours happens to be have a happy one 
I hope you got all your shopping done and you get all your naughty gifts. I hope they have got their shopping done because I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you sitting around podcasting when you should be out buying stuff? I don't know. I might be handing out corsets. (laughs) (laughs) Do we still have some of those left? Just a few. (laughs) If you would like to give someone a holiday present that... You see, I don't even know how I'm going to segue that into the whole feedback comments mm-hmm. thing. And we'll try it, though. Okay? <laughs> okay? Now roll with me, audience. Okay. All right. If you would like to send a holiday greeting. Oh, I like this. To Dan and Don. <laughs> here's how you can get a hold of us. You can reach us via email, eroticawakening at bluecatservices.org. There's also a contact form there on the website at bluecatservices.org. Voicemail, 206-309-0054. Vet <laughs> Life, Erotic Awakening. And on Twitter, and on. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> so today's topic is Embracing Your Slavehood, Part 2. Part 2. We had the opportunity to sit down with Amber Forten, mm-hmm. a good friend of ours for many years, somebody who we've been involved in in the lifestyle and I'd like to say, helped get their feet pointed in the right direction. Yeah, well, we are door showers. We don't shove people through the door, but we show them. And she decided to jump in feet first. And has really run with it and become quite the complete slave. Mm -hmm. Sat down with her for a while and recorded some of her thoughts and some of her path, some of her struggles to get where she's at. You've been very fortunate in that... Embracing your slavehood has been really easy for you, right? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> no, not no, so much. not at all. Not at all. There's been easy moments, but overall, it, it's still a difficult path. And one day we'll have to have another podcast about ex- embracing your masterhood. Absolutely. I'd love to hear that. Do you believe that it's true that a slave is only complete when a slave is serving a master? Oh, only complete when she's serving a master. Or he. I would like to say no, that they have to be complete within themselves. But it is very hard to be a slave when you are not serving a master. Okay. Can I say it that way? You can. Okay. So it is very hard. Um, I mean, you can put... You can put yourself through training, you can go to slave retreats, you can go to, you know, all this stuff, you can train yourself, you can have mentors, you can live in the lifestyle as a slave, but without a master, someone that, that speaks to your heart, someone that you want to serve, someone that helps guide you, someone that helps push you along, someone to just be with and serve. I don't know how a slave could be complete. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I know that I think it would be very beneficial if you are a a single slave to do something like 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 what we talked about last week with Catherine Gross's servant retreats. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of benefit to that, whether you're in a relationship or not. But I think it's very hard to define yourself as a slave unless. You can define that by the kind of service you're in. And maybe I'm wrong about that. For a master, it's it's tricky because I've always defined a master as your responsibility. 
right? Right. Any dick can run around and say, oh, I am Master Lord Zarquan <laughs> and post to Fet Life that I am a master and I've got 20 years of experience. Forgive us if there's really a Master Lord Zarquan. <laughs> yeah. But what really defines isn't my title. It isn't even whether I've gained title in some contest or I've got a cool vest. Those can be indicators of the the type of master you are, but really being a master is to find out your responsibility. What mm-hmm. level of responsibility have you taken for a slave is the true definition of a master in many cases. I remember um, way back when, when um, you weren't sure if you should be defined as a master. It was way back near the beginning, and someone we knew in the leather lifestyle said, you know, Dan has a slave. Dan has a successful MS relationship with his slave. He takes responsibility for his slave. Therefore, he is mastered no matter what he calls himself. And that's a great um, word in that. Mm-hmm. In that it was very important to me to be recognized by someone else because, you know, when it comes to looking in the mirror, right, may not be my greatest skill. You know, I look and say, oh, sure, I'm a great master. You know, look, look at all the minions I have on (laughs) on Second Life or look at all the girls that are calling me or look at how many people I play with on every Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily definitions of what makes a good master. Right. Or a good slave. So one of the things that when it comes to embracing your slavehood is that maybe it is a reflection of what kind of slave you are if you have a current master, a current relationship that you can see. But it isn't a reflection of what kind of slave you can become either. Mm-hmm. You know, we, when we talk about embracing your slavehood, we're talking about not just saying, I am a slave, right? but embracing that path and where that leads. Mm-hmm. For our MS house, House Meta, one of the key words that we live by is growth right is the master is the slave are the other servants under the house growing as human beings Mm -hmm. right a lot of people don't need this in their ms relationships a lot of people are into objectification ms relationships or very simple you're my slave you serve end of story you'll not be growing you'll not be learning you'll not be training you'll serve end Mm -hmm. of story and if that's what both parties want and get fed from, fantastic. Right. For our relationship, for our house, and for the kind of people that we interact with, to be honest, we expect there to be a level of growth. We expect Master to be a better person than who he was a year ago and Slave to be a better person than who he was a year ago. Right. So, and that's very true. And, you know, and we have to, I mean, we get to a point where it's like, okay, what can we do next? You know, and when we get there, actually for me, I start going a little stagnant. You know, if I can't think of a, a goal to work on and then something will click. Servant retreat, you know, slave retreat. I get to go to there and it gives me some fresh ideas and, you know, and then I can take it and run with it. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to do that with our contracts as well at the beginning. We would actually focus on something. Every time we rewrote our contract and we did it yearly, we would focus on something else for that year. So one year was high protocol. One year was, uh, yeah, turning Dawn into the slut. <laughs> that was a good year. <laughs> that was a good year, you know. So, you know, we focused on something 
each year and that was our way of growing so and we've we've grown in our spirituality you know we've grown in mixing our spirituality with our ms we've you know we've taken on a lot of things and, and i think uh, some of the growth that's been important for me that you take on has not been of great happiness to you but has to say okay you have a good solid foundation of who you are now mm-hmm. now i'm going to extend that leash out a far distance oh. go do something on your own Right. You know, and you've been very successful with that. I've been successful with that. I, I do stumble sometimes, though. I like that leash to be shortened on occasion. Mm-hmm. So, and kneeling at your feet. Mm-hmm. Fortunately for us, we've had the reflection of Amber 410, looking mm-hmm. through the years and see how she's grown and developed as a good way for us to remember, hey, you can't just slow down. You can't just sit on your laurels. Mm-hmm. So we'll go ahead and play that interview with Amber, get some perspective from her. Right, and and Amber did follow a different path than I did. And, you know, if you look at Semicism slaves, they all follow their own unique path. So there isn't one way to get here if you're even supposed to get here, you know. So it's good to hear other people's stories. Yep, absolutely. Just record, we'll see what happens. Hi, Amber. Hi, Dan. Hi, Don. Hi. <laughs> Today we're sitting here with Amber, otherwise known as 410, and we're talking about embracing your slavehood. And this is uh, part two of the podcast. Last week we talked with Catherine Gross, who is a nationally known educator and presenter and runs Servants Retreat. And this week we're talking with a slave. And our goal for this week was to find somebody who's living it, not somebody who makes a a living out of it, not somebody who's writing books about it, not somebody who does it professionally. Not Not an armchair theorist. Right. (laughs) Somebody who is experiencing what it's like to be a slave and have to go through this journey of embracing your slavehood. Amber, we've known you for quite a while. And I know that it seems like, to me, that it hasn't always been the easiest journey for you. No. I think... um it's probably one of the hardest journeys I've ever taken. Um, it's a gener- it's a journey of um, self-discovery, and you know you, you can't you try to hide from yourself, and you can't really hide from your own self. So you have to look at look at things as they arise, and um, it's taken me to uh, where I am, and I do consider myself a slave. Why is there a journey at all about this? I mean, at one point we have Amber the person, Amber the bottom, Amber the person hanging out and chatting and doing tender what... Tender the submissive. Tender the submissive, right, who getting along fine, being part of the community, and then suddenly, you, why is there even a path of embracing your slavehood? Why don't you just turn it on? Can't you just stop resisting? No. Or is there more to being a slave than that? I think it comes, for me, most of my inner fulfillment within the lifestyle comes from service and being of service to others. So if I'm, um, as long as I'm being of service, it also falls into my own spirituality as well because, you know, with the philosophies of Buddhism, Buddhism is about compassion and uh, servicing your community and helping others. 
and it all kind of coincides with my spirituality in a sense so it's it has been a natural progression for me from being a submissive to becoming a slave well let me back up a little bit then maybe uh, what let me back up a little bit then maybe I need to start off by asking what is a slave I thought a slave was somebody was one of those girls or boys on FetLife that I saw that waves their hand around and says spank me spank me and they just want to put on a blue armband and run around and be flogged and tied up and all that other stuff and I happen to know you like being tied up and you like being flogged and you liked all that stuff yes hey, and I was wearing a blue armband last night so <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> is being a slave different from what I'm describing um, I think what you're describing is a bottom but there's times when I do bottom just because I'm a slave doesn't mean I don't know how to have fun <laughs> so what is a slave um, Oh, this is that, that, that big iffy question of um, submissive versus slave. And I guess to each individual person, it's something different. So, and every person you ask will have probably a different answer. Um, so what is a slave to Amber? To me, what is a slave? You know, why, I th why do you define yourself as slave now? I think, I think being a slave, to me, a submissive has more... Um, is allowed to have more expectations. There's, they're allowed to have more um, negotiations, per se. And being a slave, you know, I'm, I have one, I have a purpose, and I fulfill that purpose and fulfill that need for those in my life. Um, like, I'm very service-oriented, so I do provide services to my owners and to other, even other people within my life. So, but I don't have any expectation as to getting anything back for that. I just do it because it fulfills me internally and I'm not looking for any external fulfillment or external, you know, if you, if I clean your house, I want to be spanked. Will you spank me type of thing? Right. No, that's not why I do it. I, on a complete side note, yes. If yes. you clean my house, I will spank you. But please go on. <laughs> I should be getting daily spankings here. <laughs> so are you saying that at this point, that, and I love what you said about submissives have more expectations. And that's just a wonderful example of the difference between a submissive and a slave as far as I'm concerned. But do you have, as you consider yourself, a choice? Fuck. But do you have, as you consider yourself a slave, do you have any choices? Do you have free will when it comes to orders or commands or what your owners want? There's always a choice. Everybody always has choices to make every single day, and I make mine on a daily basis. I trust, my owners are who they are because I trust them. And I trust that anything that they would tell me to do or any order that would be given would be so within my boundaries or my um, moral, within my own morals and ethics because they know me, that they wouldn't expect me to do something that I normally wouldn't do. Um, I don't. 
sounds like. like <laughs> sorry. So it sounds like finding the right owner might be somewhat important. I th yes, definitely, and um, you know I don't think that. I think that owners should have. This, I think owners have to know their their property or their submissives very well, and have an understanding of each other so that you don't go outside of each other's boundaries. You know, I, I know that they won't send me out to do something against the law, you know, and if they did, well, it, it would be my choice to say, um, no, I'm not doing that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, you'd mentioned, and again, we're talking about embracing this, your slavehood for you. Yes. Right? You'd said something about that. You'd mentioned that it is part of your spiritual path, and you mentioned something about Buddhism. Is being a slave a spiritual path for you? There's times when I do tap into that. It's not, it's not consistent all the time, but a lot of the time it happens during service. And when I'm doing service and focusing on a task, it's very much like meditation in the sense that, you know, you're focusing on one certain thing, like um, when you do um, in your breathing and you're meditating and you're concentrating on your breath, well, you, your focus is your breathing and that quiets the mind. The same thing happens with service is that I'm focused on a task that I'm doing and although I'm doing it for my owners, I also think about them and why I'm doing it and and all of that, but I'm also concentrating and focusing on the task at hand, which creates a meditative space for me. I mean, I can remember um, a while back when you were um, doing the floor, and you were doing the floor wearing your MP3 player. Mm. And then when you were done with that, it was like, ooh, that wasn't really satisfying. Yeah. And then the next time you did it, you did it without the MP3 player and just did the floor. Mm-hmm. And I saw it click in your head. Ah, that's what I need to be doing to get to that space. So, and that was really, so that was a piece of the journey that I remember witnessing. Mm. So that was really cool. Hey, we, we've talked in the past about the different kinds of slaves. There's sexual slaves. There's uh, more of a professional or administrative slaves. Uh, you consider yourself a service slave then? Yes, but that that is a variety of services. I mean... I wouldn't, you know, in, in my in my ownership, I'm a service slave, and I provide service to the house. So, in that aspect, yes. But I'm also poly. So then we're looking at, you know, things get a little bit more complicated. But they're not. But they are not that really that complicated. Mm -hmm. But some people sometimes think they are that complicated, but it's not. <laughs> Does being a slave allow you to develop external relationships then, other than the relationships that you have with your with your owners? Yes. I can have relationships with anybody that I want to have relationships with um, because I am poly and they know that I'm poly. So that falls within those first initial negotiations of they know you know, they know me personally, they know my spiritual background, they know my personal background, they know that I'm poly, they know that I'm bisexual, they know that I have all these other needs in my life that I need to fulfill. And I'm free to fulfill those needs 
that I need. Um, you know, because I, I do that periodically, I will reevaluate my needs, wants, and desires on a normal basis to see if anything's changed and to see what else I need to do in order to bring my life back in balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like a pretty good deal being an owner so far. I mean, I get my, apparently I get my floors done. We established <laughs> that. Um, and you don't have any set expectations of what they're going to provide, but you have to assume, or at least I would have to assume, that you, you are getting something from it, that they are providing something from it. What does being owned do for you? Um, it fulfills... Um a place within my own heart that, you know, it's, sometimes it's really hard to find the words to describe it. Um, they're just, they're my family, you know, they're, they're my home. Um, and they, they do give a lot back to me um, in their own little ways, just, you know, spending time with me when I come up to do service. Um, taking time out of their busy schedules because God knows we're all so busy. And it, there's, it's a beautiful dance that takes place. And although it may, you know, sometimes seem like it's may be one-sided, it's definitely not that way. Um, you know, they're great people. And, and I can, speaking for myself, I certainly know that being an owner is a significant responsibility and it as nice as it is as nice as it is to have someone to come over and do the floors so to speak there are expectations within myself of what I am going to provide to that human being for doing service for me well, they know that I'm on a self discovery type of journey so you know when I get off track they will kick my ass when I screw up they will kick my ass when um, you know I you know get down or I have questions, they're there. You know they're they're there. That's what they give to me. They they give me that guidance that you know I need support. Yes, they give me guidance and support um, within my own journey. You know. Very cool. Where do you think this takes you in the future? I, because when we started, when we first came to know you, you started off as a bottom, then you moved into what you consider for yourself, you consider a submissive, now you consider yourself a slave. Is there something beyond this? Is there some next step? Mm -hmm. I would like to be a live-in slave. Mm -hmm. um, I think that would be, I would, that would be cool, to be a live-in slave, just taking care of the family mm -hmm. um, that would that would be nice and I have voiced that already <laughs> so how do you picture that being a living slave do you picture that as a um, what we call a loving 24-7 DS relationship or do you see that as just being someone that provides service do, how do you picture that fantasy in your head well, for me, I don't know. I think it would be 
it would be very much the way things are, you know, mm -hmm. um, very much of service to everybody and taking care of, I think, you know, things would get more specific. There would be more, um, expectations as far as, you know, being in the house, but I think everybody needs balance too. So I would ex still expect to have, um, my own free time for myself and time for, you know, any other nurturing areas that I need to nurture and still be able to take care of the household too. Very cool. So Very that's cool. how it looks like in my head, I guess. <laughs> cool. Amber, it has been a pleasure to talk to you today. I hope that your path continues in the way that it is best suited to continue for you. And it's been a joy to watch you grow so far. Mm -hmm. And uh, it'll be fun to see what happens next. Wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we have to go. I have to give out a lot of spankings because my floors look great. <laughs>